please understand, ultimately, it's really not even about you. It's not about you. Remember, remember, Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What that means then is that our battle is not with people, but with powers. Our battle is not with personalities, but with principalities. Our battle is not with flesh, but with spirits. And as such, as a believer, you need to recognize that some of the things that you're up against might involve you, but it ain't about you. It's bigger than you. It's, it's not about you. It's beyond you. It's not about you. In fact, most of it has nothing to do with you personally, but it has to do with whose you are and what you represent. It ain't even about you. It's about whose you are and what you represent. And when they see you coming with your head high, they say, they ain't, they ain't worried about you. They worried about who you represent. They worried about what you represent. You show up all educated in that beautiful black skin with a Brooks Brothers suit on and with insight and understanding and an agenda that reflects goodness and righteousness and more of just the way things ought to be doing and sounds like everybody with a level head and goodwill people ought to support it and yet they're fighting you on every side. Please understand it ain't about you. It's beyond you. It involves you, but it's not about you. It's about what you represent. You represent a threat to the way things are being done. You represent a shakeup in the system. You represent a new day and a new way of thinking. You represent a new reality of authority. You represent righteousness. You represent parity. You represent a transformational shift in how things are done, how resources are distributed, how power is shared, and how people are valued. It's not about you personally. Personally, it's about what you represent. It's not even about what somebody else gets. It's about what they have to give up. Did I help anybody? And so you're not fighting them you're fighting the power and the principality and the systems behind them it's bigger than you it involves you but it's bigger than you and these are the types of battle that your mental acumen and your physical strength and your persuasive speech and your political connections won't win for you but this is something you got to worship your way through. Worship is spiritual warfare. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, the only way some of these walls that you're hitting up against are going to come down, you've got to worship your way through it. You've got to learn that worship is a spiritual weapon that God has given you to use in spiritual warfare because as a child of God, as a son of the king, as a daughter of the father, the devil knows that the best way to get to the father is to mess with his child. 
The best way to get back at the, at the father is to mess with one of his children. Which means you got to result to another power. A power beyond your own, a power greater than yourself. That's why Jehaziel said, tomorrow, go down to the end of the brook. He says, you'll find him there. He says, but watch, preachers, he said, but when you get there, don't, don't pick up your sword. Don't shoot any arrows. Don't wield any weapons. He said, just set yourselves and stand still. He said, watch this. He said, get in position, but be still. Look like you're going to fight. But don't do nothing. Put, put on your mean mug. Y'all ain't playing with me. Look, look like you dare him. To, I dare you to cross this line. He said, but don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, what God says is, listen, I don't want you to fight, but I do want you to show up. Don't, don't stay home when folk make you mad. Show up another day. Just, just get in the face and, and just show when they think they got the best of you. Show up another day. When they think they got you down to your last, dare yourself to just show up. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that some of this foolishness in the world would stop if the people of God just showed up. If we just showed up in some places, if we just showed up in some areas, if, if we showed up in the schools, some of our children would act like they got sense. If we showed up in the schools, some of these lazy teachers would start teaching. If we showed up, y'all ain't talking to me in here. If we showed up, show up. You know you're supposed to be teaching. Get off the phone. Show up. Some of these elected officials would start doing right if we showed up. Show up at the Capitol and show up at City Hall and show up at the public meetings. Show up. God said, you don't have to lift your hand. You don't have to pull your knife. You don't have to get any weapons. Just show up. Saying, if you show up, I'll show out. If you show up, I'll fight the battle for you. If you, if you show up, I'll show them who they're really dealing with. If you show up, Jehoshaphat at the revelation. The text says that he and all of Judah fell on their faces to the ground and worshiped the Lord. The next morning when it came time to show up for the fight, Jehoshaphat said, since the Lord is going to fight for us, let's march down to where he said to be. But watch this. Let the singers go first right. 
He said, put the choir out front now. Now, 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 now you ain't ever seen a nation go to war with a robed choir. I wish y'all would talk to me. But, but see, that, that's what the world sees, a robed choir. They, they don't know the power behind the choir that's fighting on their... Jehoshaphat says, send the singers first. So let me go through this and show you exactly why worship works. First of all, worship works because worship invites God's presence. Worship invites God's presence. Beginning with verse 12. Verse 12, and you go back when you get to your study time. It says, O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. This is Jehoshaphat talking to God, praying to God. He says, Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel. It says, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Watch this. Jehoshaphat stood with the children, the wives, the babies. The whole nation fasted and prayed with their eyes to heaven. And in the midst of the leader and the people praying together, the spirit fell down. It said the spirit came upon Jehaziel in the midst of the congregation. When, when the leader and the people stood together before God, the spirit came in the midst. When the leader and the people cried out to God together, the spirit came in the midst. When the leader and the people looked toward heaven together, the spirit came in the midst. It was worship then that created the environment for the presence of God to dwell. It was worship that created the atmosphere for the presence of, the, of, of God's spirit to come. It was worship that set the conditions for the spirit of the Lord to show up. And I need to tell somebody that worship invites the presence of God. Worship says, God, God, watch this. Worship says, God, come in this place. Worship says, Lord, where you want to move, move. Worship says, God, I'm open, I'm present to you doing what you will, saying what you want, acting in any way you see fit. The psalmist says, and the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, God dwells and makes residence in worship. And when we create an environment, of worship, God comes in. Mm. Worship welcomes the presence of the Lord into my situation. Listen, and let me help you. That's why you don't need to reserve your worship just for Sundays. Because worship says, Lord, I need you on Monday. Is some devil's going to try me on Tuesday. 
is some demon circling back on Wednesday. I, I need you all throughout the week, and I'm not just going to give it all to you on Sunday, but God, every day of my life, I'm going to create an environment where you're happy to come and dwell. I worship you, so God, I invite you into my situation. Jehoshaphat worshiped, and the Spirit came in. Now, if you don't believe that God will show up, talk to Paul and Silas. They were in a Roman jail. You read it, it's in the book of Acts. They were locked in the innermost part of the prison, chained around their feet, chained around their hands. But the text says that around about midnight, around midnight, they sang and prayed unto the Lord. They sang and prayed unto the Lord. They sang and prayed unto the Lord. It was midnight and they were in jail singing and praying. I don't know how you feel about it. We don't have to be in literal jails and literal prisons to feel like it's a dark, depressing time in our lives. And what that text tells me is that when you feel that you're at your lowest and when you feel it is the darkest, you ought to pray and sing. Because when they prayed and when they sang, the text says that the foundations of the prison started to shake. And it shook so much until the prison doors flung open. And not only were the doors open, but the chains were loose. Why? Because they dared to pray and praise and worship God. And when they worshiped, God came in that place. I need to tell somebody, he'll come into your situation. If you open up your mouth, he'll come into your situation. If you lift up your hands, he'll come into your situation. If you dare to say, Lord, I need you. I can't get along without you. God will come in. Yeah. Worship invites his presence. But not only does it invite his presence, but secondly, worship inverts my perspective. Worship inverts my perspective. When Jehoshaphat got word of the plan attacked, he fasted, he prayed, and because he was a king, he was pretty sure that there was going to be some fighting involved because there were three groups coming up against one. I don't know if you've ever had anybody pick on you. Anybody ever had any bullies mess with you? Interesting thing about bullies, they usually roll in packs. They, 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 they have some bad folk with them. Amen. Just in case you get the good on one of them, somebody else going to jump in. Y'all ever have fights like Oh, y'all didn't fight when y'all were children. I'm sorry, y'all. But, 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 but I'm sure he thought we're going to have to fight. But worship inverts your perspective. He says, our God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Jehoshaphat says, I don't know what to do. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been faced with the kind of predicament where 
any choice you make look like you still going to have to deal with some kind of outcome that's not ideal. Jehoshaphat looks at all of the possibilities. He says, Lord, I don't know what to do. But I'm looking to you. King says, God, instead of worrying about it, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Watch this. Instead of trying, watch this. Instead of trying to figure this out by myself, I'm going to wait till you tell me what to do. Instead of me trying to figure it out with my group of counselors, God, my eyes are on you. And instead of worrying it, worrying about it, I'm going to worship you. I, I'm going to focus my attention on you. I'm going to change my perspective so that I'm concentrating not so much on my problems, but on my problem solver. I'm going to focus not on this mountain, but on my mountain mover. I'm going to look not at this valley, but the one who gives me victory in my valleys. And listen, worship always shifts your attention from the situation to the sovereign one. It inverts your perspective from the condition to the creator, from the problem to the preeminent one, from your frustrations to your father, from your grief to your God, because worship directs your faith to its author. Worship moves your soul to its source. Worship takes your hope to its eternal springs. And when you really worship God, your attitude changes. When you really worship God, your perspective changes. When you really worship God, you begin to see things from a higher point of view and from a different perspective. Because hear me, hear me, hear me. I know you're thinking about how you're going to figure it out and how you're going to do it and how you're going to move and maneuver out of this situation. But when you worship, you get a higher perspective on how to deal with that dilemma. You get a higher perspective on how to handle that hater. You get a higher perspective on how to manage. See, see, because you decided to fight fire with fire. But, but God said, no, stand still. Because I'll be living water in the midst of fire. Do I have a witness in here? He gives us a different perspective. He shows us how we can and how we ought to respond. He shows us what we can and what we should do rather than what we want to do. It lifts us from our location, allows us to see what God is up to. That's what happened to Jehoshaphat. He says, I'm going to stop looking around. I'm going to start watching you. And I believe that if I watch you, you're going to show me where you are in all of this. And God gave him understanding. He said, I'm in this. I'm in it with you. In fact, this ain't even about you. It's about me. Remember, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But his ways are higher than ours and worship inverts our perspective and takes us to a higher place. Let me say this. Let me help somebody. If you're going to deal with a devil, you can't be one. 
Don't deal with the devil. You can't be one. Tweet that. Tweet that. If you're going to deal with the devil, you can't be one. Thirdly, and I'm through. Thirdly, I'm through. Thirdly, I'm through. Worship invokes God's power. Worship invites his presence. Worship inverts my perspective. But thirdly, worship invokes his power. Jehoshaphat came and said, Lord, we don't know what to do. We're looking to you. Jehaziel tells him, go down to the brook. Be still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. And here it is, y'all. Here it is, y'all. Text says, they call for the singers to get up front. And while going in the battle, they started singing. Can you imagine an army on this side that has swords, shields, bows, and arrows, and an army on this side that got hymn books? Army on that side has on armor, helmets, all kinds of battle gear. Army on this side got on robes. And here they come, marching in the battle, singing songs of worship, songs of praise. Songs of thanksgiving. Now, you got to imagine, if you hadn't figured it out by now, the other army had to have wondered and at least scratched their head saying, what is going on? We're ready for war, and they over here worshiping. We're ready to fight, and they're giving praise to the Father. And evidently, it was so confusing. You read it when you get home. I'm through. It was so confusing that they didn't know who to fight. In fact, the text says that they turned their swords against themselves. Because they didn't know who the enemy was. I'm through, y'all, but, 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 but I need to tell somebody that, 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 that if, if, you want, if you want God to come into your presence and into your problems, I dare you to worship God because God knows how to turn the enemy against itself. And folk who've been fighting you will end up hurting them. Folk who've been digging holes for you will fall into the ditches that they dug for you. Is there anybody in this house that's lived long enough to see the enemy's sword turned against them? God said, you don't have to get your hands dirty. I got this battle. You don't have to get your hands bloody. I've got this battle. The battle doesn't belong to you. He says, it belongs to me and all I want you to do is stand still and worship me. All I want you to do 
is stand still and give me praise. All I want you to do is be still and watch God fight for you. All I want you to do is hold your ground and be ready to fight. And when they pick on you, don't lift up your hand because I'll be your shield. I'll be your protection. I'll be your hedge. Is there anybody here who can testify today that the Lord God will fight for you? I say God will lift up his hand against your enemies. God will arise and your enemies be scattered. If you know he will, I dare you to stand to your feet and tell the Lord thank you for fighting my battles. Thank you for holding my hand. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for being my shield. Say yes. God will fight your battles. You, you don't have to, listen, you don't have to fight nobody. Let God be God. Quit trying to do his work. Let God be God. Quit trying to handle his affairs. Let God be God. He'll fight. For he said, I'll be with you. I'll fight your battles. I'll never leave you. Oh, bless his name. But watch this. But watch this. We have to do our parts. And our parts, listen, is to be willing to worship. I don't believe you heard me. Our part, watch this, is to be willing to worship. What that means, stay with me, what that means, that at some point, I've got to be willing to get to the place in my relationship with God where I forget about everybody else. I got to be willing to get in the place with my worship that I'm not thinking about what somebody else is doing and thinking while I worship. Because here's the thing that I know. What you need, they probably can't help you with. So why are you worried about what they think about how you worship God? The healing you need, they can't heal you. The breakthrough you need, they don't have it. The miracle you're praying for, they can't manifest it. So why don't you worship the God who can? You gotta be willing to worship. 
with hands lifted, with eyes towards heaven. Lord, we worship you. I invite you in this moment to just go into worship. I invite you right now, whatever you need, forget about your neighbor. You've come here to worship God. Invite him into your presence, into your problem, into your condition, into your situation. Worship him and invite him into your situation. Lord, I need you into this. I need you right, right here. Situate yourself right here. Oh, why don't you open your mouth and worship him this morning? Why don't you open your mouth and worship him this morning? Hallelujah. Why don't you open your mouth and worship him this morning? Somebody ought to tell him, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. Have your way, oh God. Worship him this morning. Come into this place, God. Come into this place, God. Come into this place, God. Change our perspective, God. Change our minds. Change our thoughts. Lord, we've been trying to do it our way. God, we need to do it your way. Lord, you said if we worship you, you come in our midst, in the midst of this congregation. Lord, we're worshiping you together, and our eyes are on you. We need 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 you. We trust you. We trust you. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. In this moment of worship, in this moment of worship, if someone is here who needs the Lord as Lord and Savior, needs Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in this moment of worship, while the Lord is yet moving on your heart, while you're standing, why don't you come down and accept this invitation? Simply saying, Lord, I want you to come into my life. Save my life. Save me and make me a new creature in Christ. Change my heart. Change my mind. Open my life to you. I open my heart to you. I open my spirit to you. Save me. Make me a new creature. I once was lost, but God, I want to be found right now. Blind, but Lord, I see. If you're here this morning, come now, come now, come now. Come now, come now. Come now, come now, come now. Come now, come now. Come on and trust him. Trust him. Trust him. We trust you, Lord. Our eyes are on you. We trust you, Lord. Trust him for salvation. Trust that he'll make you new. Trust that he'll make you whole. Trust that all things, I will be with you. Sing it again. I will be with you. Hallelujah. Can you trust him this morning? Trust him as your Lord. Trust him as your Savior. Trust him as your King. Trust him as your God. If you've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home, won't you trust that God is leading you here right now? Won't you trust that God is saying this is the place for your spiritual growth, your spiritual enrichment, your spiritual edification? Trust Him now. Trust Him now. While the Spirit is moving, trust Him now. Move now. While the Spirit is moving, trust Him now. Only trust, only trust. Only trust. That's 
good news. He says, I'll fight your battles. I'll fight your battles, fight your battles. You don't have to lift a hand, because I'll fight. I'll fight. somebody else to see. I went in and, and they did the testing and took blood and everything, did testing and told me, say, you had gouge. And I said, why would I have gouge? I don't eat beef meat. I don't eat any meat because it doesn't taste right. And uh, they did a lot of testing on me and, and, and called me back to tell me what I needed to do. They said, we're going we, we to change your medicine because uh, we think from what we're seeing that this high blood pressure medicine we have you on is causing a problem in your body. And when they changed that high blood pressure medicine, I noticed you walking, saw me walking all over the building this morning, shaking hands and talking to people. I have no pain in my body. I have no swelling in my body. So if anything going on in your body, you might need to check on what you put in your body, and I'm not talking about anything but medicine. Because all the problem I had, it was all about medicine. Wow, wow. Man, man, wow. man. Wow. Thank you for that. Wow. Wow. My God, Mr. Stewart is coming for prayer. My God. I understand it's for a loved one who was the victim of gun violence. So I want each of you to take the hand of the person next to you. Let us join in this prayer together. Let us pray. Father God, we come now thanking you for the blessing of this day. For the blessing of being able to return to this place. Where we can lift holy hands and give you all the praise and all the honor, O oh Lord. Father, we're with one of your servants right now. We're standing in the gap for a loved one. One that has been a victim of gun violence of some type. 
Father, we know that that type of violence is not of you. We come to you now, Lord, asking that you would remove that type of violence. Not only in this case, O oh Lord, but throughout this city. Master, we ask, O oh Lord, that, that you would take this victim right now. And let them know, Lord, that you're still in charge. No matter what has happened, oh Lord, that you're still God and you still have healing in the power of your hands. Bless now, oh Lord, these who have come. Put your loving arms around them. Keep them in your loving care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. We're standing. We're standing. We're standing. Bless his name. Bless his name. What a good God. What a good God. Amen. 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 And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.